Let me welcome you to Pittman Park Online. I'm Bill Bagwell, Senior Pastor of Pittman Park. And I'm Jay Williams, Associate Pastor. We're glad that you're here today. This is Mother's Day, a wonderful celebration. I hope that you enjoyed the video tribute that we just watched together. Many of you assisted with this by sending in photographs of yourself holding a photograph of your mother. What a wonderful thing it is to remember those that have nurtured us. I have my mother on my mind right now, but I also have on my mind many others who nurtured me across the years. Uh, my grandmothers, uh, also I had several aunts that were important in helping me to think in better ways. Jay, did you have this encounter at all with... I absolutely did. I, now, I love my mom, but there were some ladies in my life that prayed for me, that encouraged me, and, and loved me in times when I was not real lovable. And, uh, and I, I considered them my spiritual moms. So, so yeah, there's they some wonderful people that I consider as, as important uh, in my spiritual life as my mom. I think that's what this day is all about, uh, our remembering those that have nurtured us. I can remember that my mother, uh, when I was a child, gave me a red flower to wear. Um, she wanted not only uh, for me to remember her, I think she wanted me to just be aware of all mothers and how important the role is that they play. Do you remember receiving a red flower when you were little? We had, we had the same tradition. At our church, uh, we would go and instead of mom giving us the flowers, the church would give us the flowers. We, either, we would either get a white carnation or a red carnation. I remember that too. I uh, wore a red flower because my mother was alive. Um, but for those whose mother uh, was deceased, they would wear a white flower. Uh, that's a beautiful tradition to have uh, that included everybody in the church. Uh, what a wonderful thing it is to celebrate on this day. At the beginning of this time of worship together, in just a few moments, we will share together in the singing of a hymn that is entitled, Now Thank We All Our God. This is a hymn that's been around for quite a few years, in fact, 350 years. Uh, it predates even John Wesley, who was the founder of the United Methodist Church, but it's been a beloved hymn for, for quite some time. Uh, in this hymn, there's the mention of a mother's love in the context of God's caring for us. So listen carefully, but even do more than that. Um, as you uh, watch these words appear on the screen, sing the words and embrace this hymn particularly is an opportunity for us to think about the way in which God nurtures us across the years. Uh, as we uh, approach this time of worship, let us set our minds and our hearts in the very presence of Christ, who has said that he would be with us whenever we are gathered in his name. Let us worship together. Would you pray with me this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come to you now, Lord, and we just thank you for all your many blessings. We just want to especially take time today to honor mothers and to thank you for them on this special Mother's Day, Lord. We thank you for all mothers, Lord, and whether that looks like a grandmother or an aunt, a special friend, or maybe even an older sister, Lord, we just thank you for them and for their role that they played in who we are today, Lord. I just want to personally thank you for my mother, Lord. She is such a blessing, Lord. And I just want to thank you for 
the gift of the title Mama for me, Lord. Um, it is my most prized and treasured title, Lord, and I just thank you for that. Lord, I want to lift up all mothers today, Lord, and I just ask that you give them strength, Lord, and patience and energy, Lord, as it takes all of that, Lord. I just ask for for young mothers as they're right in the middle, Lord, of raising these, these little people, Lord, and I just pray for every one of them. Lord, I also lift up the mothers who have adult children, Lord, and I lift up mothers, Lord, who have maybe lost a child, Lord. I couldn't even imagine, Lord, but I lift them up. I lift every one of them up to you, Lord. And I ask that you strengthen them. I ask that you comfort them. I ask that you give them peace, Lord. And at this time now, I ask that you come and be with us during worship, Lord. I ask that you touch everyone that's a part of this service today, Lord. I ask that you lift them up. I'll ask that you encourage them. I ask that you put a smile on their face and joy in their heart, Lord. Be with us now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Happy Mother's Day.
scripture for today is Colossians 3, verses 1 through 14. So, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. Those are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. As God's, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let me thank Riley and Darden for sharing our scripture this morning. As we have continued to study our way through the little epistle of Colossians, uh, we've realized that Paul has as a foundational statement an encouragement to the early church to live in Christ. He also uses the phrase with Christ. But last week was this almost redundant phrase as he repeated the chorus over and over about in Christ and living with Christ. He continues that chorus as he begins chapter three, and you may have picked up on that in the reading just a little bit ago. He says, so if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. If you have been raised in Christ. That's an interesting phrase. Usually when we think about resurrection, we're thinking about Jesus's resurrection. In fact, we celebrated his resurrection just recently in a beautiful way on Easter morning. But here the apostle Paul is pointing at the early church and he is asking if they remember that they too are raised. This is the power of Easter, in fact. Not simply that Christ is raised, but that we too are an Easter people. We are a people that are alive in him. Sue and I have enjoyed going to both Anderson's and Tillman's here in town uh, to look at plants, and, and we have enjoyed looking at the little animals that are there and, for, and are for sale. Um, I have looked at little chicks and we've looked at little ducks and little uh, rabbits 
Uh, it's fascinating to think about the parents that come in there without realizing what they're getting into uh, as they bring their children along. And the child looks over into these boxes and observes these beautiful little animals and then begins to beg to have one or more. How many parents have, on the spur of the moment, made a decision that they realized as they got into the car to head home was perhaps something that was more than what they had at first intended to have occur. It's quite a commitment when you get into adopting a little one like this. You and I, as we come to celebrate Easter, it's an easy thought to embrace the idea that Christ is risen from the dead. If we are inclined by faith to believe that, that's only the first part of this equation. How is it that we are being drawn into resurrection by Christ? How is it that our lives become alive in him? Several years ago, we started a group here at the church that's called the Grilled Cheese Group. It meets on Mondays. It really is built upon an idea that I had taken from a Wesley Foundation student who shared with me that he was gathering with other students for a Bible study and prayer time in his dorm room. And he was preparing grilled cheese sandwiches in order to coax the others to participate. He said, it's a very simple thing and it's cheap. And I thought, this is going to work well here, I think, too. And we are meeting on Mondays in order to share the spirit of the Lord. This group of men as they gather have been reading through a book that is entitled Hidden with Christ, which if you know those words, you'll realize that it's taken right here from the third chapter of Colossians. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You and I are called to think of ourselves as being a part of who Christ is and that our lives truly are hidden with Christ in the nature of what God is doing in the world. This is not so much about our looking to some future time in which we will go to heaven, but how we are embraced by heaven as the resurrected ones in this day and age. It should occupy every ounce of who we are. So Paul challenges them to live in the present as if Christ is alive in the present. I've shared with some of you that I was visited in the office one day by a man who had with him his elderly father. They were needing assistance and as uh, we were waiting to to, uh, to uh, talk about that a little bit further, the man said to me, he said, I want you to know that we're Christians. In fact, he said, we uh, watch worship on Sunday mornings. I said, that's wonderful. Um, in fact, I would love to have you all come and visit with us here if you're able to ever on a Sunday. Uh, as he went on, he, he said, he said, Christ is in our home. 
And then he realized the implications of what he was saying. And he smiled at me and he said, he doesn't always like to be there, however. And I thought, this is the most truthful thing that has been said today. He was admitting how difficult it is to live with the reorientation in our lives to the resurrected Lord. There are different expectations that come upon us. If we are true with ourselves and with those around us, we want our homes to be the very essence of Christ present among us. Today is not only Mother's Day. As far as the United Methodist Church is concerned, it is the celebration of the Christian home as well. And here we are together, remembering how important it is for us to focus on the right things. The Apostle Paul encourages us not to focus on those things that are earthly, even though we are a very earthly people. We have distorted ideas about sexuality. We have destructive nature that is embedded within the way in which we talk to each other. We have this insatiable desire to have more and more things and money. We allow ourselves much room for anger and even violence. We allow ourselves for lying to each other and not speaking the truth. None of these please God. And in fact, every single thing that I have mentioned, that Paul mentions to us, all of it is to our own destruction. Paul is calling us to a new humanity that transcends life as we know it here that is infused with Christ. In fact, he says it goes beyond social boundaries that we consider the norm as far as Paul was concerned and as far as Christ was concerned. There no longer was Jew or Greek. There no longer was those who were cultured or those who were crude. There no longer was the insider as opposed to the outsider. For all were together in Christ. He calls us to clothe ourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with meekness, and with patience. And we're waiting on that verse that we know is coming. To clothe yourselves with love. You see, the Roman household was a highly authoritative place, patriarchal to the max. Here in what Paul is saying, Jesus is the head of the household. He is the master of the place for those who call themselves Easter people. In verse 18, which we did not quite get to in our reading this morning, it begins with the words, wives, be subject to your husband. But the thing that is so radical is what he says to the husbands. He says that the husbands are called to put their well-being, not their well-being, but her well-being ahead of their own. And in regard to children, they're not objects. 
They are to be raised with patience and with great compassion. He even gets into the subject of slavery. And here he is not trying to reestablish all that was at the bedrock of Roman society, but he was calling for the home to be a redemptive place of Christian love. And so he asked that the masters honor the slaves because of Jesus and not treat the slaves as property, but as fellow members with Christ. Did you realize that the church is actually meeting in the house of a slave owner whose slave has fled that place? And Philemon is a Christian. And Paul writes a letter specifically to him, asking him to treat his slave Onesimus with greater love and compassion. Paul is walking a very fine line here, not for the abolishment of that which was household structure, but he was calling in order that Christ would complete a transformation of home. So a word for Mother's Day that fathers should particularly pay attention to as well. Clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. We are an Easter people. May Christ be alive within our homes. Amen. Good morning. Years ago, I had a best friend that I respected greatly. He was a former Marine, and whenever we were hanging out, he would bump into individuals that were involved in the military, or especially the Marines. And there was an immediate click. I'm talking about an instant camaraderie, an instant bond, and it was visible to everyone around. And and it didn't matter where the people were from or whether they were male or female or young or old or, or their social class. None of that mattered. It, it, was, it was real. And I asked him about it one day and he said, Jay, there's something about writing that blank check and walking that walk that until you've done it, you just can't understand. And he said, with it comes... Uh, a feeling of a family, a camaraderie, a sense of belonging that, that comes between those who have written that check. I know this seems like a quite unusual way to open a Mother's Day sermon. And of course, this morning, I'm trying to make the comparison between those who have given their lives to Christ and those who have given their lives in service. But this morning, I want to add another layer. Uh, those who have given themselves to us as mothers. And you know, uh, even, even the worst of mothers, uh, you know, put their life on hold for nine months and then put their life in danger for hours in order for us to be born. And, and because of that, uh, they deserve honor. You know, but there's also those of us that were on the video earlier that held our mother's picture with so much pride. And that was because those women... They had written a blank check to us. That if you're like me, you never really 
knew the cost of it until much, much later. This morning, I want to say thank you to all of you who have given yourselves uh, to nurture us, to build us up, to correct us, to provide for us. And whether you're a natural mother or whether you're a mother by choice and by action, I thank God for you. The title of the message this morning is Redefining Family. And, and the passage we're going to be looking at is in Colossians. And it's Colossians 3, 1 through 14. Now, let's, let's get into it. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, and not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with God in Christ, with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. You know, this starts off with the phrase, since you have been raised. Since you've been raised with Christ. You know, let's paraphrase that. Since you now enjoy a relationship with God, since you now have access to hope, since fear no longer has rule over you, since there's now an alternative to sin, and since you no longer are alone in all this, and since you're in connection with a God who can redeem even death, focus on that. You know, focusing on the problem it only increases your faith in the problem. And in turn, that will make your life even more hard. Here Paul says to focus on the solution, and the solution is Christ. When I was a kid and people would say mean things at school and hurt my feelings, or maybe a young lady will have broken my heart, or maybe I had a problem uh, that was getting the best of me, I would talk to my mom. And she would listen the way that mothers do. And she'd try to comfort me. But her comfort always, it always involves Scripture. And she'd say, son, it's going to be okay. His grace is sufficient. Now, I've spent the rest of my life trying to understand that, but I now know that it's 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And, and it's good teaching. What she was saying was to look up. You're not alone in this. To set your mind on things above. We have a great benefit in Christ. And, and many times as Christians, we're trying to do the Christian life alone. Let's not forget that the benefit that we have is God Himself. Let's continue reading. It says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life that you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language, and put those away from your lips. Do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off your old self, with its practices, and you've put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge 
in the image of the Creator. You may say, preacher, can't we just skip through this part? I would love to. I would love to say that this is absolutely irrelevant. But it's not. Not to you or any one of us. And in a way, it's just echoing what's been said above it. What it's saying is that we should walk in the benefit of a relationship with God instead of trying to handle things the way we used to. Trying to get it out. Trying to make it happen. You see, every one of those things listed is like an indicator light in your car on the dashboard. You know, it lets you know that something's wrong. But, but when that light comes on, the light's not the problem. But it tells you there's one. So what is the problem we're talking about here? When these things are still real in our life. The problem is, is we aren't doing Colossians 3.2. And that is to set our mind on things above and not on earthly things. We're still trusting ourselves and the old ways and not resting in the fact that God has it handled. Now, I don't want to skip over the wrath of God statement here, especially not this morning. You know, we've all heard stories of mothers who somehow summoned superhuman strength to protect their children. Those of you who grew up in the country or in rural areas, you know that you put yourself at great danger when you stand between a mother and her young. You know, and none of us would say that, that the people I just spoke of were unloving or unjust. The same is true of God. Anything that threatens to hurt His children, it risks the wrath of the maternal and God. These things hurt us, and it angers God. So this is talking about a lifestyle. I want to ask you this morning, have you tried it? I mean, have you tried walking in the benefit of relationship with God instead of handling things the way we used to? Some of us try half of it. We try to stop the sin. I've been guilty. But trying to stop the sin without focusing on the things above is kind of like trying to move a car without gasoline, <laughs> you're just not going to get too far. And I know this from personal experience. But you know what? There are people in the church who struggle really well. You know, they are constantly redirecting their gaze to Christ. And they're living in the new life of dependence on Jesus. My mom was one of those. I made mention of spiritual moms in the announcements. And, and there were women who wrote a blank check to God, who, who walked in the setting their minds on things above passage, who sought to handle things in life God's way and not the world's way. Now when you meet people like that, a lot of times there's an instant click, there's a camaraderie, and there's a sense of family. So let's continue reading the passage. It says, Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all and is in all. What it's saying here is that we are family. We're made family in the process of connecting to God. And, and we become 
connected with each other. And this happens really kind of in three phases. Phase one, we admit that our way is harmful and we are joined to God, but we're joined to each other in the fellowship of the sinner. Phase two, we've turned to God and, and, and He's raised us with Christ and we are joined in the fellowship of the forgiven. And then there's phase three. We are continually looking to Jesus and we're joined in the fellowship of the dependent. And I'm going to tell you, this triune fellowship trans, it transcends every earthly barrier and really transcends every earthly relationship. The truth is, is we're all in the same boat. We're all in the same boat, and knowing that helps the next part of Scripture be possible. It says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness, with humility, and gentleness, and patience. It says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. This morning, I want to ask you, are you raised with Christ? Have you written a blank check that says, all I am is yours, God? If you have, don't forget the benefits of a relationship with a living and loving God. Another question is, are you still seeing the indicators that you're still living the old way? Well, if you are, let us renew our dependence on Him right now. Do you sense the fellowship of the dependent in the church? It is one of the most joyous things. This morning, I pray that you know that God loves you. And I thank God for all of those who nurtured me by living a fellowship living in fellowship with God. I especially thank God for mothers who've not only written a blank check to God, but you know it's been expressed in their love for me. I pray this morning that you have a wonderful Mother's Day. But I want you to hear this, that the wonderful and beautiful things that we know of Mother only reflect the beautiful and wonderful things that are in the heart of God toward you. Mothers, thank you. Mothers by birth, thank you. Mothers of the faith, thank you. Mothers that have encouraged, thank you. And this morning, I thank God for all of you who are walking the walk. The very sight of you encourages me. I pray that you know the fellowship of the dependent. In Jesus' name.
Let us pray. Thank you for the world so sweet. Thank you for the food we eat. Thank you for the birds that sing. Thank you, God, for everything. Oh, God, thank you for mothers who taught us the sweet poetry and prayers of childhood and led us in the ways of faith. Thank you for mothers and grandmothers, those living and those already gone, who shared wisdom and grace and love with us. We pray for young mothers today who are feeling the stress of quarantine with children who are restless and don't understand. Bless those mothers who are separated from their children because of imprisonment, immigration rules, or illness, and those mothers who provide a home for children to whom they didn't give birth. Bless those mothers whose only dream for their children is to supply a safe place to live and good food to eat. And God, at last we thank you for being like a mother to us in times of our deepest need, holding us in your arms to listen and offer comfort and tenderness. And God, it is in your name that we pray. Amen.